Welcome back to the Hey Man Podcast, episode 42. I'm your host, Adam Shamim. Hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone is staying safe. Hope everyone's had a great start to their summer. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the recent NBA news. Um, And yeah, just a lot going on around the league. Of course, free agency starts tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So we're very excited for that. But in today's episode, I decided to round up a couple of my buddies, a couple of my uh, more knowledgeable NBA friends. So here is uh, Nick Eng, and we're expecting uh, James Wu, who actually just joined, um, also um, in this uh, episode t- today. So um, yeah, just uh, how you guys been doing? Oh, I've been good. You know, I've been enjoying the summer. Uh, I'm happy that school is finally over. And recently, I've been studying really hard for the SAT as I plan to retake it again. And I got a list of priorities this summer, and I, you know, got to take care of it. So we'll see what happens. Yep, coming into the summer, just you know, doing a lot of college research, figuring out where I want to visit, you know, planning that stuff before July starts. Yeah, I mean, you know, these guys are you know heading into their senior year. Obviously, a lot of decisions to be made, and um, we're all very, very excited to see where these two and all the juniors who are heading into their senior year. We're excited to see where everyone goes. Um, class twenty twenty three, this is your time, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see what you guys do. So. In today's episode, we are going to be discussing the recent uh, Jalen Brunson news. We're also going to be discussing DeJounte Murray getting traded to the Atlanta Hawks. And we're also going to be discussing um, a lot of people, a lot of players declining their player options or accepting their player options. And we're also going to be discussing our first and second all-rookie team prediction, as well as give a rookie of the year prediction. So let's start off with this Jalen Brunson news. So obviously... Uh, Jalen Brunson uh, is, you know, one of the big free agents uh, in this free agency class. Obviously, we know that he had a big playoff run with Luka out for most of the first round. He really had, um, you know, an opportunity to shine. I remember he dropped, I think, 40-something points uh, in one of the Dallas home games in that series against the Jazz. But now he's getting a lot of looks from these big-time teams. It is expected that he leaves the Mavericks. The Mavericks, um, you know, obviously can keep him if they want. But, you know, this is a big decision for um, the Knicks, obviously. And also the Miami Heat are reported to have interest. So what do you guys think of this whole Jalen Brunson saga? We've heard a lot of rumors. Um, how do you think he would fit with the Knicks? Um, do you want him on the Knicks? Um, or what do you guys think if he returns to Dallas and just uh, surprises us all? So I think uh, Brunson's actually a pretty curious fit uh, for the Knicks because he's a lot more ball dominant than the average point guard. I mean, if you've, if you've seen his highlights, uh, he, he's someone who dribbles the ball a lot. He's a really good ball handler. But the thing with the Knicks is that they haven't had a point guard for so long. And Jalen Brunson, would eat, he would easily give you probably the best point guard we've had since, I guess you could say, John Starks or maybe Lynn Sandy. But uh, the Knicks need a point guard. And if you've you know, watched a lot of their games last season, you could see that one of the main reasons they've been losing a lot and they've been like blowing leads late in the game is that they don't have a point guard running plays for them when it really matters. So I think having a point guard or having a player like Jalen Brunson, who's obviously young, he's on the come up. uh, It would be really beneficial for the Knicks as a team because they need a point guard and guys like, you know, Julius Randle and RJ Barrett, they need someone who can make plays for them. Obviously Randle's not someone who should be bringing up the ball. And I think Jalen Brunson gives you that. It gives you a lot of, a lot more of, uh, flexibility on this offense. Uh, I definitely agree with that. Um, Brunson is definitely also a more ball dominant guy. So that kind of brings to the question, like how's RJ going to fit in? Cause there's, of, of course there's Emmanuel quickly 
there's a bunch of options there. So, like, is bringing a scoring guard the best option for New York? I mean, it's not the worst because we, we definitely need the scoring, obviously. I mean, if we're losing Burks, um, who's not really a point guard, but still losing him. But I think my problem with um, Jalen Brunson is how much we're paying him and how much we're giving up. I mean, obviously expiring contracts and all, but 25 like $22 million for like a guy who, I mean, obviously is good, but has he truly proven himself yet? We don't know yet. So we have to see this season and, I think we'll find out if he's really worth that large contract that the Knicks are offering. Well, one thing I can say is that if you take a look at uh, the guys that the Knicks have signed in previous years, like last year we signed Kemba Walker. And back then he was still a big name, obviously, because he was an all-star. He was just coming off an injury. But the problem was that nobody wanted to sign him. And we essentially had no competition whatsoever in signing him to like a veteran's minimum deal. But the thing is with Jalen Brunson is that the Mavericks are looking to re-sign him to a five-year, like $110 million extension. So that's $22 million per year. The Miami Heat also want to sign him. So the fact that we have competition in going after a player like Brunson and other teams are also willing to pay him a lot of money, especially the team that he's on right now, I think it's a good sign of where he is in his career. And if he were to sign with the Knicks, I think it'd be a great thing because he, he is a great player. He's definitely capable of being an all-star. And other teams want him. So that's a, that's a big difference in how we've uh, approached free agents in the past. I, I think, you know, the Mavericks kind of screwed up a little bit because they could have offered him an extension off of his rookie deal, but they allowed him to walk into free agency. And obviously he has a big decision to make, um, you know, the playoff run. I think if he didn't really have um, that big of a playoff run, he would be um, kind of around the like 10 to $15 million ballpark. But now, you know, he's had that big playoff run. Um, you know, he stepped up in Luca's absence and now he's, um, you know, possibly about to make 25 million per year in possibly the biggest media market, uh, you know, along with LA, probably one of the biggest media markets in um, in the NBA, like the most valuable franchise, um, the top three at least. And, you know, Jalen Brunson, what I like about Jalen Brunson, he's very mature with the media, always gives credit to his teammates. Um, you know, obviously spent three years in college uh, at Villanova, won two national championships there. So we know he has that winning pedigree, obviously. He was a second-round pick. Um, his numbers have improved a lot um, throughout – you know, the years that he's been in the NBA, you know, he actually wasn't with the Dallas Mavericks in the bubble. Um, and that kind of um, hurt them a little bit. You know, they still had, you know, players like Seth Curry, Tim Hardaway Jr. But I feel like if they had Jalen Brunson, they could have probably beaten the Clippers, I think. And also, you know, to think back to the old Knicks point guards, you know, imagine if we had Jalen Brunson instead of Alfred Payton in that, um, in that you know, Hawks series, I think we would have... Um, I think we would have beaten the Hawks. I think um, Jalen Russ is also a very good defender. He's got that dog mentality on defense. He can come up with steals. He doesn't give up on the play. So I think he's someone that um, the Knicks could definitely use. I I can understand a lot of the uncertainty with Knicks fans, you know, obviously paying this guy. um, Last year averaged around 17 points per game. Um, You know, this guy hasn't really, you know, he's he's a good player, but, you know, he hasn't really gotten to that all-star level. So we'll have to see what happens with that. But also, you know, the Heat could be a dark horse in this Jalen Brunson race. So how do you see Jalen Brunson possibly fitting with the Miami Heat? Well, I think the Heat have a lot of great players already, uh, you know, from Jimmy Butler to like Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. But the thing is, I think uh, I'm not really sure if Brunson's the right fit for the Heat because he is – like you said, a, a very like a score first point guard. He's a very ball dominant point guard. And with the heat style of play and his more like, you know, his, his I, he's just not, not, he's an, he's a decent playmaker, 
but uh, he's not really a pass first guy. So I don't know if that's going to mesh well with uh, guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, who are obviously shooters. You know, they need the ball like pass to them in order for them to be effective. So it's a curious fit, but obviously he's a great player and I think he can adapt to any situation. Yeah, um, I don't know about – yeah, I can agree with that. He can adapt to any situation, but I don't think that um, Brunson is the fit for Miami, especially if they want to develop um, Tyler Harrow because, um, I mean, he keeps on coming off the bench and he really wants that starting spot. And, of course, Brunson would just take that. And like James said, I'm not sure if he would fit in terms of the Miami scheme, especially for the defense. Brunson's a good defender, but does he have, like, that dog mentality that the Heat are looking for? And also – the Heat, you know, they have a great roster at the moment, like in terms of like championship contending. And they just lost PJ Tucker, I'm pretty sure, to free agency, probably going to the Sixers. So, you know, are they looking for someone to replace that or are they looking for another guard? Is is an interesting like, Yeah. I, I, I agree, you know, the but the Heat, you know, they have um a lot of they know how to use small guards. I think Kyle Lowry had a good year. Um Gabe Vincent had a good year. So, you know, the the Heat know how to use these small guards and you know, Mario Chalmers as well. Back in 2013, he was, you know, a good role player for the Heat. So the Heat know how to make use of these smaller guards. Um, but I think, um, you know, they they could maybe they're just throwing their name just to throw their name in there. But you know, we'll have to see. We'll have to see if Jalen Brunson, you know, um, because you know Jalen Brunson has these three meetings tomorrow with the Mavericks, the Knicks, and the Heat. So we'll have to see what Jalen Brunson likes, what he what he thinks of these meetings, the pros and cons. You know, it's all up, it's all up to him. And I think that's a, uh, I think you know. Putting putting yourself in his shoes, like he has a big big decision to make. You know, he's a budding star. Um, he's not at all star level just yet, but you know, he's a budding star. He's ready to kind of make that leap. He has the work. He has the work ethic. He has the mentality. So he could definitely make that leap. Um, but also, just if he stays with the Mavericks, if the Mavericks give him that big deal, not only are they paying Luca that you know the big uh, extension, um, but they're also paying Jalen Brunson, you know, that big money. So. How do you think Jalen Brunson could possibly fit um, with that Dallas Mavericks? You know, obviously we've seen he's been a good player with Dallas, but do you think that him and Luca can kind of like coincide and, you know, help the Mavericks, um, you know, th- throughout the next possibly five years? I think they did a good job with that in the playoffs, obviously, because you saw how Jalen was able to play without Luca in the playoffs. Uh, he had that 40 point game and he was just going off, you know, he was averaging 24 points per game. Uh, without Luke in the playoffs, but when Luca did come back, he was the number one option. So I think they already have to play together. But a bigger issue for the Mavericks would be the cap space because obviously Luke is going to get the big extension since he's already proven to be one of the best players in the league. But the Mavericks are also, like they said, they were willing to uh, pay Jalen Russell like $22 million a year. So, uh, but I mean, I, I, I do think that says a lot about what Jalen Brunson is as a player and what he means to the Mavericks franchise especially with him as a leader or as a good locker room presence, because outside of Luka, the Mavericks are also willing to like, I guess, share some of their cap space and spend a lot of money on Jalen Brunson to go with the Luka extension, which is inevitably coming in the future. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I do like Brunson with Luka. I think that would be a nice uh, backcourt, but um, I think he shares the spotlight very well and is a good compliment or two option to Luka. You know, if Luca isn't having a great game, then they can give the ball to Brunson. So I, I do like him there, but obviously that would be a very large contract with them and it limits the flexibility they have with, you know, signing other players, which they desperately need, especially like a center. You know, they can't have Dwight Powell forever. Yeah. I I, I think, you know, the Mavericks, they definitely should be trying to get Jalen Brunson back because 
if you if you know they made the trade for um, Christian Wood and he is supposedly their center for the future um, or power forward wherever you want to put him. Tim Hardaway Jr. also coming back from injury. Um, we'll have to see if he has a big year as well. Um, but you know I think that getting Jalen Brunson back could possibly you know keep the Mavericks in that playoff contention or contender contention, I guess you could say, like that championship contender level. Obviously, you have one of the top five players in the NBA, in my opinion, Luka Doncic. Um, but, you know, you also have uh, Jalen Brunson, who's a great compliment, as you said. And, um, you know, the Mavericks made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, obviously got swept by that really good Warriors team. But, you know, I think um, – or I think they lost in five. Yeah, they lost in five. But, you know, I think that the the Mavericks are just a couple pieces away from really contending. They just need to keep – uh, Luca happy and maybe getting Jalen Brunson back. Maybe Luca has a say in this. We'll have to see what happens. But final question for you guys about the Jalen Brunson saga: Do you like how the Knicks were kind of playing this? You know, obviously trading, um, you know, their first round pick um, for more uh, cap space. You know, um, obviously a lot of reports were you know they tried to free up cap space to get Jalen Brunson. Um, you know, they didn't have a first round pick. They got more picks from the Thunder. Do you like how the Knicks kind of played this? Or would you have rather seen them keep, you know, their first round pick, which was Usman Jang out of France? Well, the thing with the Knicks is that they came into this offseason with a clear focus, and that was to get a point guard. Because if you've seen the Knicks the past few years, their biggest, like their biggest weakness has been at the point guard position. So they came into the draft, you know, they were saying we want Jay and Ivy, but obviously they weren't able to get that. It wasn't realistic in the first place. But so I think what they did with Usman, whoever they drafted, Usman Jang, whatever yeah. his name was. Yeah. Uh, they they trade him just so they could free up cap space to either go after uh go after Brunson or Dejounte Murray, which obviously that didn't happen, but also uh gain assets to make a big trade. So, but whether or not I agree with the Knicks' decisions, it's I think at this point the Knicks need to do whatever it takes to find a point guard because they haven't they haven't had that for the past twenty years. It's it could partly explain why this team hasn't had that much success these past twenty years, but like. They really need a point guard. and But the biggest thing is I think Knicks fans really need to just like take a step back and relax. Because like I see I see comments on Instagram. I see stuff on Twitter where it's like, oh, it's the worst offseason we've ever had. And Leon Rose needs to be fired. But, you know, the, um, we're, we're just trying to address our needs. And Jalen Brunson would bring a lot to this. I think, I think a lot of people don't give him enough credit for what he did in the playoffs. And he can really become a great player for, for our system. And, and like I said, he could have a really positive impact on – this team as a whole, especially guys like Randall and RJ and all the other guys as well. I agree with that too, James. Um, but like, you see, my problem with what the Knicks were doing, obviously they got three first round picks for essentially their eighth pick in like a few seconds in the, the salary dump. But I just don't like how they're going like all out on one player, you know, like there's no backup option. What if the Mavs resign? What if Brunson resigns? Like, what are they going to do if Brunson doesn't resign? Yeah, I, agree. I think the Knicks definitely need a backup plan if they don't uh, sign Brunson. Because, yeah, like I said, um, them them going after Brunson, like, you know, he's LeBron James and he's a free agent. I, I just think it's kind of unnecessary because, I mean, the thing is Brunson hasn't really proven himself to be capable of being – I mean, he, he can be an all-star one eventually, but, you know, he, he hasn't proven himself enough. I would yeah, say exactly. yeah. you get like a million dollar deal. So. I would I would say like um I think I think yeah you're right. I think the Knicks putting all this money into one guy, I think that does show a lot of trust in Jalen Brunson, but I also just think that to be completely honest, um, you know, the Knicks 
Like, this isn't, like, a, a crazy free agency class. I mean, the thing is, like, Bradley Beal opted out of his, uh, opted out of his player option. He's going to re-sign with the Wizards because, you know, he's proven to be, like, one of the most loyal players. Like, for some reason, he doesn't want to win. So he's going to stay with the Wizards, right? And then also, um, who else? Like, James Harden opted out of his, like, $47 million player option, but he's going to take a pay cut so that the, the, the Sixers can build, like, around him and Embiid. And then also, Zach Levine. Apparently, he's supposed to sign a huge contract. He's not going to go to the Blazers. Um, you know, we have, um, you know, other other players just like, like role players just opting in. Like Bobby Portis opted out. Um, that would be an interesting get for whoever wants to sign him. Hopefully, the Bucks can re-sign him. Um, but then, um, you know, Kyrie Irving, that whole like two-day saga, like him possibly going to the Lakers, him possibly signing for the six, $6 million mid-level tax exception or whatever. Um, but then he opted into the Nets. Um, so a lot of, like, players just staying put. Like, the superstars are staying put. But I think next the next year, I think, is, like, the big – I'll have to look it up. But, like, the next year is the big free agency class. So we'll have to see what happens there. But, yeah, I think just putting all this money into one guy, um, we'll just have to see if it pays off for the Knicks. Um, and Leon Rose, obviously, we know uh, first year with the Knicks leads them to the playoffs. Um, you know, he is making the moves and obviously put out that statement. We got more draft capital. We got money to make a free agency splash. So I'm just excited to see what the Knicks do. Um, is Jalen Brunson the lefty out of Villanova the answer? I think maybe. It's a maybe at this point, but we'll have to we'll have to see what happens. But Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, big news today out of the Eastern Conference, more specifically the Southeastern Conference, and more specifically the Atlanta Hawks, trading Danilo Gallinari and three first-round picks and a pick swap for DeJounte Murray, all-star from last season. What do you guys think of this move for the Hawks? What do you guys think of this move for the Spurs? Um, Just a crazy, crazy move. What do you guys think? I I think the Hawks uh, really won this trade, you know, because – Trey Young is an alpha dog. You know, he's a Batman. He's someone who's led this team to the Eastern Conference Finals. He's a really good player. And I think what Trey Young has really needed throughout his time in the NBA is, is a true backcourt mate. And DeJounte Murray gives you that. Obviously, he was an all-star last season, which is quite surprising. I mean, I, I didn't expect it, but he is a great player. And DeJounte Murray now on the team, uh, he's a great playmaker, uh, a, a lot better than what people give him credit for. He's also pretty ball dominant, but at the same time, he's a great playmaker. And for someone like Trey Young, who's an excellent catch and shoot player, uh, I think that's going to pay dividends for him. And also, you know, like like the uh, the similar situation with the Knicks, like I described with Brunson uh, drawing plays up for Randall. I think the Hawks' offense will have a lot more flexibility with Dejounte running the offense, and you know, Trey Young uh, being able to shoot threes, which which is what he likes to do, and he can maybe drive less to the basket because Dejounte Murray's an excellent slasher as well. I agree. Um, I was just kind of confused with the Spurs' decision to basically start their rebuild. I thought they had, you know, something going there with uh, uh, DeJounte Murray, Kelvin Johnson, and Jakob Pertl there. But, I mean, I guess now that they've traded DeJounte Murray, they're probably going to trade away uh, Jakob Pertl now. And I think that the Hawks – I didn't see the Hawks as a front runner for DeJounte Murray at all because I didn't think they needed another guard because, you know – um, DeJounte Murray is definitely a primary ball handler. Obviously, he, I think, averaged like eight assists or something like that. Yeah. And then, like, sideline next to – or not sideline, but just playing next to Trey Young. I just, I'm just curious how, how that's going to work out. And they definitely – I don't know. The Hawks gave up, what, three first-round picks. So, like, I don't know. 
I think um I think for the Hawks they have someone who can now we all know Trey Young is around like six foot tall. He's very he's very like short, skinny guy. So we know he's a defensive liability, and we know that he has to. He he used to have to guard these elite point guards, but now you have someone like Dejounte Murray. A lot of people, um, a lot of people love his defense. I love his defense. You know, this guy is a really lanky guy. He's got a lot of length, and he's got um, defensive capabilities. You know, unlike any other guard in the NBA. You know, he can get into passing lanes, get steals, start fast break transition. He is going to be a great lockdown defender for this Hawks team. And you look at the Hawks, right? They're starting line. And, and also, keep in mind, the Hawks didn't give up John Collins or Clint mm-hmm. Capella. They kept those two guys. They only gave up someone like Danilo Gallinari coming off the bench, right? Yeah. So now they have, now they have right, they have Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, the backcourt. They have Dre Hunter at the small floor position. They also have John Collins and Clint Capella at the front court. So I think that starting lineup alone just fills up all the needs the Hawks have. You know, they have the shooting in Trae Young. They have the defense in DeAndre Hunter and uh, DeJounte Murray. They have the kind of like inside scoring presence with um, with Clint Capella and John Collins. They have the rim protection with um, with Clint Capella. And then off the bench, you have Bog, um, no, right. Bogdan Bogdanovich and Kevin Knox. Uh, Kevin- Kevin, Kevin I was gonna say I was gonna say Kevin Herder, but yes, oh, Kevin, yeah. but Kevin Knox is also there. Um, <laughs> that is that is a great that is a great great. Um, hey, Kevin Knox is that guy, man. Kevin Knox is that guy. Shout out to the former Knicks legend Kevin Knox with the Fortnite suit. with the Fortnite suit, yeah, Kentucky yeah. legend. Shout out to Kevin Knox. But yes, they have they have a lot of good pieces, and I think the Hawks can get into that like four seed area, three seed area. They just need to keep competing in the regular. They have to get off to a good start. If they don't get off to a good start, they're going to be a play-in team, and they're going to have to play one of the more elite teams like the Bucks or the Heat or the Sixers in the first round, and they don't want to do that. So they got to really get off to a good start, get that playoff position early, and figure out a way from there. But, yes, DeJounte Murray, ladies and gentlemen, to the Atlanta Hawks, a really, really good deal for the Hawks, actually. And for the Spurs – Rebuild begins. They got obviously good young pieces like uh, Josh Primo. They have um, Lonnie Walker. They have um, Kelvin Johnson. You know, they have young pieces. But is Popovich, do you guys think, going to retire in like the next year or so, next two years? Do you think that um, he's going to stay for like the whole rebuild or do you guys think he's going to retire? Well, in my personal opinion, I think Pop should have retired long ago because I, I mean, I, I just hate to see that like the Spurs haven't been winning as much lately because uh, for, for 20 years almost with Tim Duncan and, uh, you know, Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, I don't think he's ever had a season where uh, the Spurs haven't won more than 50 games. And that's just unbelievable. And that now you see the Spurs, they're a rebuilding team, they're a tanking team. And I don't know if Pop wants to be a part of that because he is entering the twilight of his career. And I, I think he should retire, uh, like, you know, whenever he gets the chance to. Yeah, I agree on that. Um I think Pop should have probably left when DeMar left. That That's basically when, like, you know, the Spurs were just going, not on a downfall, but just, you know, going headed towards a rebuild. So, like, Pop shouldn't really have that on his resume because that's really not what he's a part of. That's not what he built. Yeah. I think a new coach should take over and, uh, along with the rebuild, you know, change the coaching staff up and, like, kind of just re, uh, rebrand your whole image as a, yeah. a team. I think, um, I think Greg Popovich, um, he is not used to a rebuild. You know, he's not yeah. – He's like used all, to winning basketball. All, yeah, all the all the Spurs teams in the past up until like around let's say like twenty sixteen, 
when Tim Duncan retired, they were like winning games. They were 50 win teams, like 45 win teams. You know, they were they were you know consistent. But now they're rebuilding. Now they're not. not I mean, they're going on a downfall a little bit. So, um, so to be honest, I think that the um, I think that the Spurs you know should get a younger head coach once Pop retires, and um, and yeah, like um, five championships, you can't really. Can't really go wrong with that. So, um, yeah, shout out to shout out to Greg Popovich and the Spurs. Uh, hopefully, they get the rebuild right. So, moving on to the twenty twenty two NBA draft. A lot of surprises, a lot of uh, crazy picks, a um, lot of reaches. I'd say. But what do you guys? Who who is your favorite prospect in this year's draft? And who is a prospect that you guys think is a little bit overrated that got picked a little bit too high? What do you guys think? Well, I thought A.J. Griffin was a really good player coming into this draft. You know, I really wanted the Knicks to pick him because he was available at number 11. And, I mean, Griffin was, like, the number one ranked player in high school. You know, he uh, had a great freshman season at Duke. And he did fall a bit. I mean, I, I thought he was going to go either close to the top 10 or maybe, mm-hmm. like, 11 or 12 with the Knicks. But, yeah. obviously, that didn't happen. And But I, I really think all the uh, all the prospects this year were pretty good. One player I do think went a bit too high was Benedict Matherin. Because a lot of mock drafts had him predicted going to like number eight or number nine, but he got picked number six overall by, I think it was the Pacers. Yes, the Pacers. Yeah, I, I think he went a bit too high, but I, I mean, I love Matherin's confidence because the other day he was saying how like all oh, LeBron James is going to have to prove him better than me, and you know, it, it's it's really incredible that you know a, a rookie like him can just come into the league and say that about arguably the greatest player of all time. Well, I mean, I don't believe that, but. There are people who do, but I just think Math- Benedict Mathurin, although I do think he was picked a bit high, but he has the confidence that can potentially make him an all-star one day, and I really respect that. Um, Yeah, I agree with that. Um, <clears throat> one of My favorite pick of the draft is – um, well, two of them is, is Jaden – well, actually, I have three, actually. Jaden Ivey, because I'm actually a Pistons fan. I think Jaden Ivey is going to be the missing piece that the Pistons were looking for. Someone to play alongside Cade Cunningham, you know, because Cade Cunningham's definitely, I mean, he's definitely both a scorer and a pass, but now he's going to have that option to score with, and that's going to be Jaden Ivey. I'm excited to see what he's going to do. And then the other one, well, obviously, of course, AJ Griffin, like James said, but um, was, oh, uh, Marjan Bochamp. I love his defense, and I can't wait to see what he provides to the Bucks. you know. Yes, I I like that pick for the Bucks because you know Marjan Bochamp, we don't um, he was like homeless at one point, um, like early on in his life, fought his way. Um, he was gonna play for, I forgot um, some, I, I was, he was gonna play for some college, but like then COVID hit, then he had to like train, then he had to play for G League Ignite, and then that really helped him, and then he became, um, you know, first round pick. So and then we saw like his reaction on draft night when he got drafted, he was crying. So, like, he's a really good prospect. He's definitely one of my favorite uh, prospects. I also have another favorite prospect, um, Shaden Sharp, who yeah. um, Shaden Sharp, who went to Kentucky, didn't play for Kentucky, um, enrolled early. So he actually should be playing for Kentucky next for the next season, but that's obviously not going to happen. Um, this guy's a three-level scorer. He's got great size for um, the small forward position. Um, he's got good uh, – moves in the mid-range and he's got a good uh, handle for someone of his like size so you know Shaden Sharp is definitely one of my favorite prospects the Kentucky bias is obviously there but you know Shaden Sharp is um is a really great player and then um 
for another uh, who else? Um, I thought Paolo Banchero at number oh, one. Oh yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Paolo Banchero going number one. I I think he's also one of my favorite prospects. Oh wait, hold on. Another one of my favorite prospects that isn't really being talked about that much. Christian Brown from Kansas because he is going to the Denver Nuggets. He is someone who um, is a I mean, when you look at him, he's like a lanky white dude, but this guy is a good shot. He's got defensive um, instincts, defensive mentality. He's athletic. Um, he's someone who I think the, the, the Nuggets can use really well and just get into you know, their system. Jokic can obviously help him with like the passing, so I think he's also a really good guy. Christian, Christian Braun from Kansas. But yeah, James's favorite prospect, Paolo Bancaro going num- – the first person I thought of when Paolo Bancaro went number one was James Wu, so I sent him a text. So <laughs> – so James Wu, so let's talk about that. So Paolo Mancaro going number one. We didn't really know this was going to happen. But what do you think he, you know, you know a lot about him. You've watched a lot of his highlights. You've watched a lot of his games. What does he bring to this, you know, young Magic team that's rebuilding? I think Paolo is an excellent player. You know, he just, he, he's really strong. Like not, not many people give him credit for that. That's a really underlooked aspect of his game, I think. He, he is really strong. He knows how to post up. He can find ways to get to the basket and, He's an excellent mid-range scorer, too, and he's a pretty underrated three-point shooter as well. So I think the Magic definitely need an alpha dog because a lot of their prospects right now are all young guys, you know, who aren't necessarily capable of becoming a guy the Magic can build a franchise around. But Paolo Bancaro definitely gives you that, and he gives someone the Magic can build around. He gives them, you know, a franchise cornerstone they can potentially rely on for the next 10 years, hopefully. But uh one interesting thing, actually, I, I don't know if it was uh, you, Adam, or if, or if it was Nick who sent this to me, but uh, there was this thing that every single number one pick by the Magic, like recently. Oh yeah, on, I sent you that. I sent you that. Yeah, yeah. They they, they go, go on to, to the Lakers. Lakers. So who knows? Maybe Paolo can one day be on the Lakers. You know, playing alongside like a thirty-four-year-old Anthony Davis. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I, I really like Paolo Banchero as a prospect. You know, he's he's very. He kind of reminds me of a twenty-eighteen Blake Griffin and. 2018 Blake yeah. Griffin was probably one of the best players, you know, I've one of the best seasons I've seen from yeah. a guy, you know, his skill set. Let, so let me, do, let me just say, let me just say real quick. Um, I was fortunate enough to actually see Paulo Bangaro play live at Madison Square Garden. First game of the season was Kentucky versus Duke. So, you know, the big guns were out. I also saw Ty Ty Washington. He went like three for 14 that game. He had a terrible game that game. But I also saw, um, you know, Paulo Bangaro and alongside, you know, his, his brother, uh, Trevor Keels, um, who was picked by the Knicks with the 42nd pick, which is a really great pick for the Knicks, actually. A lot of value in that pick. But, you know, um, and also, uh, surprisingly enough, A.J. Griffin actually wasn't starting for Duke to begin the season. also saw Mark Williams uh, start at center, going up against Oscar Shiwe, who was the National Player of the Year for Kentucky. But, yes, I saw Paolo Mancaro um, play live. And what I saw from him was a lot of you know, mid-range jumpers, a lot of just power moves to the rim. A lot of just willing his way. I think he dropped 22 points that game. Trevor Kills dropped 26 points that game, and they won the game. But, like, Paolo Boncaro was someone who I really was impressed with. He was hitting, like, long mid-range jumpers. I don't know if he hit a three that game, but I remember him just getting to the rim. He was just a really strong guy, just using his strength to get to get through. But something about Paolo Boncaro, right, that a lot of people um, kind of didn't, like, don't really remember is that he actually suffered from cramps early on in his career. I remember yes. – I remember um, he actually had to leave that Kentucky game um, at Massacre Garden because of cramps. And I remember they showed on the big screen him getting, like, stretched out by the trainer with his cramps. And then he had to drink this, like, special Gatorade. And then also 
Um, he was experiencing cramps against Gonzaga. That was a big game. He's also experiencing cramps against Ohio State. So these big games, he's experiencing cramps. But hopefully, with with the like magic facilities, like he can get that like under control. But like how, I I know this is like an off topic question, but how do you kind of prevent like cramps from happening? Drink water. You know, I just stretch a lot. You know, I mean, I, I, I feel cramps a lot in my stomach. Like you know, when I when I'm running, and you just you just stretch. You know, that's what I do. You got. You also got to eat right. You know. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You have to have a good pregame, pre meat. You know, as in your case, pre meat meal. Um, that's something that definitely helps a lot. Um, so now we're gonna talk about our all rookie second team and all rookie first team. So I'm just gonna look up the draft real quick, um, and find like the order. But I th- I have a lot of I have a lot of um, you know, ideas in my head. Um, but let, let let's hear you guys uh first while I look all right, at this. All right, so for my first that, team, yeah. Well, all right, so for my first team, I obviously you know Palabon Carroll, my guy, and I think Shet Holmgren, Jabari Smith are also really talented. I, I mean, they're they're both uh, very similar, I think, in terms of a uh, skill set. But Shet Holmgren's definitely more of a center, so I think Shet Holmgren, Jabari Smith definitely make the list. Uh, Jane Ivy, he's really quick, and I remember uh, someone on the draft coverage said that he is, he, he's kind of like John Morant, you know, very explosive. Oh yes. 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 Yeah. Excellent playmaker, uh, a very flashy guy. And you know, he, he definitely could make the first team all rookie team. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, Shane Sharp, like you said, uh, excellent player, uh, great mentality. And then f- as far as the second team, I got Mark Williams at center since uh, I, you know, a little bit of Duke bias, but I do think he is uh, an incredible player. I've seen him at Duke and I think his game's going to translate really well into the NBA. Uh, Jeremy Sochan, who yes, one yeah, of your favorite prospects. Yeah, Jeremy Sochan. He's a, he's a really tough player. I saw that. Game, I remember the game against uh, UNC and Baylor, and he was getting into it with uh, Armando Baycott, who's on uh, UNC. You know, those two were just going at each other, and I think Sochan brings a lot of heart to whatever. What, what team did I get picked for again? I think it was the, uh, the Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs. He he definitely uh, like 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 you know like like we just discussed. You know, the Spurs rebuilding. They need someone who's uh, young can bring like a positive uh, and a gritty mentality to that locker room. Uh, AJ Griffin, like I mentioned before, great player. Ben McMathrin, a lot of confidence. Uh, you know, like I mentioned before as well. And Ty Ty Washington as well, because Kentucky yeah. players have a knack for uh, overperforming in the NBA. And you see a lot of late first round picks, late first round Kentucky players who get picked. You know, guys like Tyler Hero, Emmanuel Quickly, even. Uh, I think Ty Ty's up next. You know, so I think I can see him definitely making the all rookie team. Yeah, I have a lot of overlap with James' team. For the first team, I think. I don't know how Chet can do. Um, he probably can do pretty well. So it's probably going to be Chet, obviously, at center. And then power forward or forward, I guess. It's probably, yeah, Jabari and Paolo. I mean, those are locks. And then I think our position, Jaden Ivey, of course. And then I think it could – is that I think McDoran a guard? Yeah, um, yeah. like guard yeah. forward. But you can put him on the first team. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Wait, actually, wait, no. I mean, I don't know about the Pacers because the Pacers also have – Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. So I don't know where that's going to go. Shadon Sharp, maybe. We got to see how he's going to go because obviously he fell in the draft. He was predicted to go higher, but then he had poor workouts. But let's see how he does with the Blazers playing next to Dame Lillard. I could see him on the first team. And then the second team, yes, Jeremy Sochan. um, And then definitely Jalen Williams. I'm not, yeah, Jalen, not Jalen Williams, uh, Jalen Duran and Mark Williams. I'm not sure how the Hornets are going to go because they've had a very bad history with their centers, like Kai Jones. They just don't <laughs> like to play their young centers. 
So we got to see how Mark Williams plays out, but supposedly he's going to be that guy. If he if he is, and obviously he's going to go to the first team. I want to see how also AJ Griffin plays out. How the Hawks are going to play him if they're going to trade away their their wings like yeah. people like that. And then I, yeah, I, I would say for my second team, I I got a couple sleepers for you guys, right? So for my point guard for a second team, this is someone who I actually wanted the Knicks to draft. Actually, um, Kennedy Chandler from. Um, oh, great player. Kennedy Chandler from Tennessee got drafted to Memphis, and he is good friends with John Morant. Um, even, before, even before he went to Tennessee, they became good friends. They got some workouts in together. Now, Kennedy Chandler, um, now the question is how much playing time is he going to get? Obviously, you have Tyus Jones, who you're competing for the backup point guard minutes. Um, you know, a lot of good signs there. If he resigns, but a lot of good guards like in that Memphis organization. But I think Kennedy Chandler will get some opportunity as a second round pick. Um, you know, we've seen second round picks like Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brunson, obviously we just talked about. They're getting opportunities, they're getting chances to succeed. So I think Kennedy Chandler could possibly make the second uh team. Um and I also think, ladies and gentlemen, um that Ty Ty Washington will make the second uh team all rookie. Um yes the 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 but Rockets have a lot of guards. They have um, you know, Jalen Green, they have Kevin Porter Jr. They have uh, Josh Christopher, they have all these, you know, young guards, but I think Ty Ty could possibly get a spot, you know, get, you know, his necessary minutes to kind of develop in his first year. I think he could possibly get a, get big enough numbers because I think for all you really need to make the all rookie second team is like, you don't even need to average like double digits. You need to average like somewhere between like seven and nine points per game. Like that's like a good kind of like range for the second team. So then at my forage position, I got Christian Brown from the Denver Nuggets, uh, from University of Kansas National Champion, um, going to the Denver Nuggets. I think that he could have um, a really good year. Like, we saw the Nuggets, they really developed Bones Highland, um, very good uh, young player for them. Um, he, I don't remember if he made a rookie team, but he had a really good season. So I think Christian Brown, you know, the Nuggets are really good at developing young players. So I think Christian Brown could possibly – um, develop into a, a good player for them and I also think his uh, teammates at um, University of Kansas Ochai Baji from the Cleveland Cavaliers I think he could possibly right outplay Isaac Okoro I don't really like Isaac Okoro um, he's just he's just not like he was picked really high for the Cavs at the time but he's just not really doing it for them you know so I think Baji um, could possibly take his minutes and possibly have a good rookie season. And then for my center, I'm going to go with Mark Williams. Actually, no. For my center, right, I'm going to go with Chet Holmgren. And the reason I'm going to go with Chet Holmgren is because he is – I think he's going to have like a Lonzo-type uh, trajectory, Lonzo-type rookie year. He's going to struggle early on. He's going to he's gonna understand like the NBA is a lot of strong centers, right? So he's yes. going to get bullied in the post. Like he needs to – now he says he lifts weights, does all this stuff. And it's just – it doesn't really seem to be translating now. But once he gets, like, into an actual, like, weight program, once he gets stronger throughout the season, he'll have, like, a he'll have like a decent, like, end of the season. Um, and it'll take, like, a little bit of adjusting to, like, adjust his – because, like, like NBA teams, they're not going to give Chet Holmgren, like, the three-point shot. They're not going to give him, like, room to operate where he's just, like, dribbling on the perimeter. Like, And also they have, like, players like Shea, Josh Kitty. So, you know, they're not going to give him space to o- operate on the perimeter. But I think he'll have, like, once he adjusts, he'll have a good second half of the season. So I think second team for now. And then my first team, for my point guard for the first team, I'm actually going to go with Dyson Daniels out of 
Actually, no, sorry. Not Dyson Daniels. I'm going to go with Johnny Davis um, from the Wizards. Um, I think he um, will learn a lot from Badly Bill how to, like, score the ball. I think he could have big numbers. Um, Davis feels like their point guard need. I know they just got Monty Morris, but I think jo- Johnny Davis could possibly, like, have a good first uh, half of the season. He could he can probably make the Rising Stars again. He's going to be a really good player for them. Um, shooting guard, then I'll go with um, Jaden Ivey. Um, I think his, his numbers are going to increase with someone like Cade giving him the ball, facilitating. Jaden Ivey is a really good player, just attacking the basket. Also really good defensively. I think he'll have some good steal numbers as well. Um, Paolo at the three. I think um, he, him and Franz Wagner are going to have to battle for that three spot, but I think that Paolo is going to win that battle. I think Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, they'll give him the looks. Um, and I think he'll have a really, really good rookie uh, season. And um, probably my power forward position, I'm going to give it to Jabari Smith. I think he's going to have uh, good numbers for the Rockets. You know, obviously they're rebuilding. Um, rookies are going to average big numbers. So I think Jabari Smith's going to average big numbers as well. And then my center, uh, I'm actually going to go with, um, let's see here. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Mark Williams. I think Mark, Mark Williams, um, I think he could, um, like, he's a good lob threat as well. So, and you know, LaBella likes his lob threats. So, you know, he's going to get good looks. He's going to average a lot of rebounds, I think, as well. Um, he's going to average a lot of blocks. I think he has a first team uh, rookie mentality. And my rookie of the year, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to go with Jaden Ivey. Now, I know there's Paolo. I know there's uh, Jabari Smith. They're going to have big numbers. But I think Jaden Ivey, um, is going to be that guy. He's going to be averaging big numbers. He's going to be helping the Pistons, I think, increase their wins a little bit more. Um, I think Jaden Ivey, for me, is rookie of the year. What do you guys think? I agree with that, Jaden Ivey, because, I mean, he's playing next to someone like with a high IQ, like Paolo Banchero, who's always going to give him the ball. He's going to average uh, a lot of points. Ah, Kay Cunningham, sorry, yeah. And then you have Paolo Banchero and Jabari Smith, um, I want to say on their own. But obviously, they're going to play a lot of iso ball because, like, Jabari Smith, he's playing with guards like Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr., who are more ball-dominant shooting guards who are also isolation players. They're not going to pass him the ball as much. So Jabari Smith is going to be more on his own. He's probably going to be very inefficient. Similar to Paolo Bonchero, he's also playing with an abundance of uh, guards like Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs, who are more alpha mentality guys, not, like, playmakers such as, like, Cade Cunningham. So I definitely see Jaden Ivey as rookie of the year. Yeah, I see Paolo Bencho and Jabari Smith as becoming better players. They, they might, I think they're going to end up having a better career. But uh, like Nick said, Jane Ivey's definitely in a much better situation right now with uh, with a team that's definitely going to pass him the ball. But at the same time, I, I really think Jabari Smith is slept, is a really slept-on candidate for Rookie of the Year because I can easily see him becoming like the next Evan Mobley. You know, they're, they're the same size, play the same position, uh, same height. And I think they got pretty similar skill sets, you know. I mean, Mobley's game was, you know, coming into the coming into this season, Evan Mobley also had these same questions, you know. Is he too small? Is he is his game to translate to the NBA? But obviously it worked out really well for him. I think the same thing can happen for Jabari Smith and even Chet Holmgren, who, you know, like you said, is pretty undersized for a center. But he can definitely make a lot of noise. But as of right now, I definitely got Jay and Ivy as the rookie of the year because he, he can be he can truly become one of the best point guards in the league one day, I think. Yeah. I just, I just think that Jay Ivey, like, I really like his game. I think he complements Cade Cunningham, like, really well. Like, they're both obviously going to score the ball, but I think Cade Cunningham is going to improve his passing year by year, so he's going to have Jay Ivey by his side. So just really good um, fit there for the, for the Pistons. The Pistons are making a lot of moves. Like, the Knicks and the Pistons are becoming good friends here because the Knicks are, you know, giving them, you know, veteran players – 
and in turn they're getting cap space and then the Knicks are getting like the Knicks are giving up like the the Knicks like the Pistons basically just took Kemba Walker's contract they're gonna buy him out obviously but like the, the Pistons just did us a favor and freed up cap space um, which hopefully will get us Jalen Brunson and hopefully will lead us to more uh, wins and hopefully more championships now ladies and gentlemen uh, who do you think, um, guys, before I end this, who do you guys think is your dark horse for 2023 uh, NBA champs? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. Dark horse. I don't know. Got to think about that. Um, I, I wouldn't say – I think a lot of people, like, as of right now, would say Memphis. But mm-hmm. I wouldn't say Memphis because guys who, like – a guy teams that are like led by really like superstar point guards don't typically make it far into the playoffs and they don't typically win championships. You see guys like, you know, Allen Iverson, CP3, guys who've never won rings, they've been the alpha dogs for their teams. I mean, I don't know. If I had to pick, I would say Dallas, you know. Yeah. Luka, they got, you know, they they could they could very easily, you know, make it to the finals and we'll see what happens. But I think Dallas is my pick for sleeper 2023. Mm-hmm. As a dark horse, if James Harden picks up his game, I got the 76ers or um, the Warriors back to back. You know, I would really love to see that happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but yeah, you know, I think Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, they're getting back into their groove again, playing together. So, you know, if they could, I mean, obviously they're getting older, but if they can, you know, get back into that rhythm again, maybe they can yeah. take it all the way again. I, I actually. I- I, I got two more teams actually. Uh, I think Denver as well because they're getting back Jamal Murray, and that's gonna oh, make a yes, big difference yes. for them. And the thing is, Nikola Jokic back to back MVP, and getting a guy like Jamal Murray who's their clear cut second and, option. And Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, Michael Porter Jr. as well. Nuggets can go really far. Also, a team that not many have been saying lately: the Los Angeles Clippers. They're getting oh, Kawhi yes, Leonard yes, and Paul yes. George. Kawhi Leonard at his best is probably the best player in the game, best player in the world. I mean, but. The, the Clippers were on the precipice of making the finals two years ago, you know, against Phoenix. They didn't have Kawhi Leonard for that series. They still pushed into six games. I definitely think if Kawhi Leonard did not get injured against the Jazz, the Clippers would have made it to the finals. And he probably could have won it too because, you know, Phoenix was up 2-0 against uh, Milwaukee. I think I think the Clippers could have won the title if Kawhi yeah. stayed healthy during that playoff run. But next year they're going to have both guys healthy and we'll, we'll see what happens. I think the Clippers are definitely going to make a lot of yeah. noises. I and think John Wall too there. Yeah, know? they also got John Wall. Yeah, you know, I was gonna say um, I have a two. I have one Western Conference team and two Eastern Conference teams as my dark horse picks. So, uh, assuming that the Bulls resign Zach Levine, I think that they're a dark horse uh, contender for the uh, um, for the NBA championship in twenty twenty three because um, you know you have you have like Lonzo Ball who's gonna always be a good facilitator. He's always gonna be a good defender. He doesn't even have to like score the ball. He doesn't even have. He doesn't even have to average like double digit points as long as he's playing defense, facilitating the ball. That's all you really mm-hmm. need from him. And then you also have like a guy like Demar Derozan for like a couple weeks or, or like a month, pretty much. He was like in the MVP conversation. He was hitting those game winners. He is the mid range master. He is a great slasher. He just I remember a lot of people were saying like that that's not a good fit for the Bulls. They're not going to win games. But like like they were like a top three seed throughout the season until like I think injuries hit them and then they be, then they kind of went downhill. And became the sixth seed and lost the Bucks. But you know they have like an All Star score in Zach Levine, obviously, who hopefully is going to resign. Um, and then you also have Vucevic. Um, you know 
Got to be a good scorer. Uh, got to improve the defense a little bit, but he's going to be, you know, good stretch big uh, for years to come for them. You have Caruso, Ayo Desumu, Colby White. You have really good pieces. So I think if the Bulls could somehow get a miracle run going, they could possibly win the championship. I also think that the Toronto Raptors, ladies and gentlemen, is a dark horse contender because, you know, I think they're a center away from really, you know, competing for the NBA championship because their centers at, at, at the moment are Ken Birch, and Preston Tua, none of them are like six eleven. Like they're really short guys. They're really undersized centers. But like the 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 um the Raptors have like everything else. They have rookie of the year Scotty Barnes. They have Pascal, who is I think due for a breakout season. I think he's due to prove to everyone why he is, you know, that All Star level player. You know, you also have a guy like Fred VanVleet, who I believe made the All Star game. Um, you know, he's going to be there for years to come. So I think they're center away from really competing. And then I think the Clippers are that other dark horse because, you know, obviously a lot of people are saying, oh, the Clippers are cursed. They're never going to win a championship. You know, you're going to get Kawhi back. Hopefully he's back to, you know, that 25-point-per-game score. And even if not, still one of the best, if not the best defender in the NBA. Paul George as well, amazing two-way player. Um, if he gets that shot together, you know the Clippers are dangerous. Then you also have John Wall. A lot of people forget that John Wall was averaging, like, good numbers for the Rockets and then – you know, they realize, you know, his contract is too big. We're not going to pay him. And then they bought him out. But, you know, he adds that speed factor for the Rockets. Um, he's a smart player, veteran player. He knows what he knows what the deal is. You got Marcus Morris. You got Zubac, who just got re-signed. You got a good bench, Terrence Mann, all these guys. Norman Powell, really good score. Luke so, Kennard. Luke Kennard as well. I mean, this guy, like 45% from three. You can't go wrong with that. So I think the Clippers... You know, a lot of people are now saying, you know, the Clippers are going to compete for that championship. We should have had, ladies and gentlemen, a conference finals in 2020 bubble where it was the Lakers versus the Clippers. But we know what happened. We know what happened. Yeah. The Clippers also, um, what happened? Lost in the conference finals to the Rockets. um, Oh, no. Lost the conference finals to the Suns. Pat Bev Bev pushes Chris Paul. Downfall of that whole thing. But then... You know, now they're back. Ty Lu is ready to go, reloading. And yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the uh, episode 42 of the podcast. And hopefully, the next episode, I can get these two guys back on for some free agency talk. We need a big free agency move. Everyone's just opting into their contracts, opting into their player offices. We need a big player to move. We need a big player to get traded. So tomorrow, 6 o'clock, tune in, ladies and gentlemen, June 30th, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Ladies and gentlemen, free agency is upon us. The NBA offseason, this is a great time of year, guys. We have draft. Um, the draft was a couple weeks ago. Um, we got the free agency coming up. Um, just everything going on. It's going to be a crazy offseason, hopefully. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the Hey Man podcast. Free agency episode, hopefully coming up next. For James Wu, for Nick Ang, I'm Adam Shameen. Take care, and as always, hey, man. <laughs>